Jesus. Oh, Jesus. You know, I was going to ask you, while you're up there, you know, when you're, what do you literally feel that makes you, you know, kick into all those realms when you're worshiping? That's quite a question. Yeah, because a lot of people won't understand it, you know, that when you're worshiping, sometimes you'll shift gears, right? You'll go from, like, pleasant, and then all of a sudden it's like a war chant. Explain to us what, what that, what's going on inside of you. I know there's a death, too, to just his will, you know, let go. But what happens when you're shifting? Um, I think it just wasn't. Hello? Hi. <laughs> um, that's, a, that's a big question. <laughs> um. You know, one, one good example is, you know, passion brings compassion. For instance, Isaiah chapter 6, you know, it says that um, Isaiah saw the Lord high and lifted up, and the seraphim, the angels, um, they're not angels, excuse me, the seraphim, <laughs> um, they're gazing upon God, you know, they're worshiping, they're saying, holy, holy, holy. And, you know, when you get to that place and you're just in a place of abiding and you're looking at him, he begins to reveal his character and his nature to you. So they're not just saying purity, 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 although they are saying purity, but they're saying purity. They're saying you're merciful. They're saying you're graceful. They're saying you're kind. It's like constantly, even the word in the New Testament for mystery is the word mysterion. And it literally means that one is being invited into a revealed secret. As in God is constantly revealing and unveiling himself to us. So every time we see him, we see another part of his character and his nature. And worship is a response. So it's like you respond. You're like, you're kind. And all of a sudden your heart gets wrecked. <laughs> For me, when I was going through cancer, I, the first thing I told my wife is I said, it's a win-win. If I die, I win. Come on, somebody. We're eternal beings, you know. Of course, I wanted to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. But then if I live, I win. Because it's an opportunity to encounter the Lord Jesus in a way I never have. And one of the ways he showed himself to me was kindness. I mean, oh my gosh, I would lay on my couch coughing up blood and tumor and I would just worship. That's why I sing that song tonight, uh, To Worship You I Live. Oh my gosh, I would sing that until I was, I, I mean, I, I was so weak. And, but he kept showing himself to me as kindness and he kept showing himself to me as provision. And he kept showing himself to me as healer. And then my heart explodes. It's, okay, Isaiah chapter 60, verse 5. We look to you and we are radiant. Our hearts throb and swell with joy. We become what we behold. So we look to him and suddenly our heart explodes with revelation, you know. And, and, and then we respond to that. So that's what happens to me is I, 
But then passion brings compassion. The angels say, holy, holy. And then they turn and they prophesy over the earth. The whole earth is full of your glory. Passion brings compassion. So for me, worship isn't just a song. It's, it's, a, it's a person, it's Jesus, and it's our response. And we get possessed. I mean, I could go on and on about this. They had to create a word to describe what happened on the day of Pentecost. It's the word pneumaticos, from the word pneuma, meaning breath or wind, the same word as ruach in the, in the Old Testament. And it's literally a picture of God putting his mouth on you and playing you like an instrument. There's a place of being possessed by Jesus, being possessed by Holy Spirit. And when you're totally yielded, he begins to play you like an instrument, literally. The old saints would describe it like a trumpet. And that's why I have a, an angel playing a trumpet on my arm. It's like, that's what I, you know, we're, you're literally being played like an, I mean, that's what God did with Adam in Genesis. What did he do? He put his mouth on him. And the Bible says he became a living soul. That literally means he became a soul to speak. He became a voice. He became a sound. So when I'm worshiping, that's, I totally just lose myself. And there's, it's a, it's a prophetic opera, you know, it's, it's not just three songs and a poem, you know, that's okay, it's got its place. But for me, I see a prophetic opera, there's a whole nother realm going on. Eternity is in the room, and we don't have to beg Jesus to come, he was here before we showed up. He's omnipresent. We just have to lean in to who he is and what he's thinking and what he's feeling. And that's why it goes from, you know, this holy romance to this declaration. It's like, you know, it's a conversation. It's, it's, it's a moment. It's a conversation. And so I, I could go on about that for a long time. I'm going to pick on you again. Okay. You know, there's guys out here and women that are kind of analytical as well, kind of like me. When you say you see him, you know, and then it just moves you, could you also say, like, if the folks that don't understand seeing him, mm -hmm. sometimes I'll say I see him, but I'm really seeing him in my heart. See, yes. Mm -hmm. So you, you, some of us out here sometimes will feel our heart explode. Mm-hmm. And our spirit is seeing him. Exactly. Right? Mm -hmm. Is that what you're saying? And then, That's exactly what I'm saying. Because you can't help but I'm more of one who feels. Yeah. I'm not, I, I don't always, I mean, I have seen some things, but I'm not one that always sees. But I, I feel it. I can feel the entire room. And so, yes, when I'm saying seeing, it's, it's actually the moment of a revelation. Like, it may even be just a simple word like this morning that he said, like he said a few things this morning and my heart went and I came up to him afterward. I was like, man, this is what I've been feeling, sensing, seeing, whatever that looks like or sounds like to you. Because the thing is, is everyone responds differently. Yeah. You know, I heard a story um, about the uh, depression and this man, you know, had no money, but he had three sons. And he wanted, and his sons, what they wanted was a pair of shoes. So he worked all year and he bought all three children a pair of shoes. So <laughs> the, 
the youngest one opens his shoes and he explodes and he starts running all over the room, you know, because when you get a new pair of shoes, you run faster, you know? So he's like running all over the, you know? And then the second son, he didn't run as much as the first one, but he was excited. And the third one, the oldest son, opened his box, saw the shoes and he wept. They all got the same gift, but they responded differently. And it's okay. You know, worship looks different for everyone. I know I can be expressive. That's just who I am. And God's given me permission to be me. But somebody might sit and just weep and not move. The important thing is to just be engaged. And being engaged is not defined by a bunch of hype else is doing yeah exactly but that's the point like when you see the gift feel the gift sense the gift whatever that looks like you may even hear me say it sometimes and I do it on purpose I'll say whatever that looks like or sounds like for you because I'm very careful to give people permission to be them and respond to Jesus whatever that looks like for you got something, Amber? Okay, praise the Lord. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to stay on that for a minute because you, you know, because I had cancer, I've had cancer several times, but I remember when I got under the knife and uh, I didn't have enough money to go into surgery, so I had a friend of mine call a plastic surgeon and he put me on a, a table and started cutting these large slabs of New York strips, you know, out of my back. And, uh, but the thing, the thing about it is, you know, when he deadened me, it didn't take. And so he said, you're just going to have to hold it, you know. And so they were like that thick, you know, and that long, you know, and that wide. And he throws them in a pan in front of me while he, you know, after he cuts one out. No bedside manner. Exactly. <laughs> but what I'm getting to is that when he started cutting, I did the exact same thing, except in a different manner. Mm -hmm. I knew that I would not be able to overcome the pain without his help. Mm. But what I saw, as soon as the, it was strange, it was one of those spirit-led things, yes, as soon as the blade went in, I saw him being whipped. Ah. And I felt the pain to start with, but when I, I, I got taken to the the uh, whipping post instantly and he turned to me with his bloody face in a vision he said just hang on with me and I started praying but I felt so much presence I almost wanted to start worshiping while I was getting cut on now that was weird that was a weird different worship worship while you've been cut on but could we actually do that with our problems? Absolutely. Like if issues come, you know, mm -hmm. what could worship do with us mm -hmm. if we saw the enemy coming at us or we had trials? Or let's say just a lot of stuff hits us, you know, during the day. Mm -hmm. Could worship be a weapon? Absolutely. Because worship is a posture of the heart. Like totally different, but this might set some of you free. I'll never forget one time me and my team, 
we were getting ready to go up the East Coast, so we were fasting. We had just, a, you know, my daughter was about three or four, and everybody was coming to my house, and they were ready. We were going to throw down, man. We were going to pray in tongues, and we were just going to go for it. Yeah. And um, right when the doorbell started ringing, everybody's ready, man. We're about, we're about to go for it. I mean, and my daughter goes, Daddy, will you swing me on the swing? I'm going somewhere. I'm going to answer your question, but I just want to show you this. And I started to say, baby, I've, I've, we've got to, we, we got to end the fast. We got to pray. And, and God stopped me. He said, do you think you're worshiping me any less when you're swinging your daughter on a swing? See, worship is not a song or a dance. It's a posture of your heart. It's walking in the spirit. For some people, worshiping may be going on a bike ride or walking in the woods or hunting. And what, and what God showed me during radiation, this is where I, with that posture of heart and that posture of lifestyle and that posture of just walking in the spirit, intimate friendship with the Lord, that the fruit of the spirit is the highest form of warfare. Walking in the spirit. So you saw, he said, hang on with me. So he's showing you long suffering. So I have the fruit of the spirit on the wall in my house. And they told me 35 radiation treatments, six chemo treatments, which ended up being a lot more than that because I would get so sick after chemo that I'd have to go in the next day and they'd have to stick me again and again. And I would just sit there and I would abide but I had a needle in my arm and the woman had two hazmat suits on to give me the chemo. <laughs> it's kind of the same thing. And I told my kids, I said, you know what? I said, you know how we're gonna beat this? We're gonna go into a place of radical abiding. We're gonna behold him and we're gonna win because the fruit of the spirit is the highest form of warfare. So you're cutting my body to pieces, 35 radiation treatments. I got patience. I have patience. <laughs> the enemy doesn't have patience. Cancer doesn't have patience. This pandemic don't have patience. It's a fruit of the spirit. And those that walk in the spirit, they are the sons of God. It's a posture of your life. It's the place of abiding. Worship isn't just these moments. It's your entire posture of your life, of walking in intimate friendship with the Lord Jesus and finding his nature. That's how the, that's how the glory is going to cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. That's not, just, that's not the signs and wonders. That's the character and nature of Jesus. In the beginning, God said, let there be light. He didn't create the earth till the fourth. He didn't create the sun and moon till the fourth day. What was he saying? Let my personality, let my character, let my nature be illuminated over the face of the earth. And he's not changed his mind about that. We, you know, as he is, so are we in this world. So when you stay in that place of abiding, of worship, of beholding, what happens is he begins to transform you. And then all of a sudden, you have long suffering. I said, chemo, I have long suffering. I can outweigh you. We can outweigh this pandemic.
We can outweigh the riots. We can, we can go opposite spirit and shift the narrative. We can change the narrative by living in a place of abiding. If you're having problems with your work, with your, with your spouse, with family members, when you walk in the spirit, the Bible says against this, there is no law. Come on. So like for me, like it was that place of abiding worship. Everyone, you know, expresses it differently, but it's that place of walking in the spirit. How do you think that helped you for your future? It, well, I'll give you an example. <laughs> I got a question, buddy. Well, for me, going through what I did when this pandemic hit, my family was ready. You know, we go from glory to glory, from grace to grace. Every season, you encounter another facet of Jesus. And we pass the place of faith, and we step into full knowledge. See, the, the, you know, the knowledge of the glory, the word knowledge, is a, it, it, it speaks of a tangible reality. The world doesn't need people that just know good testimonies and sing good songs. They, we have to be like the woman at the well. This is also how I look at worship. Come see a man. Come see a man that's told me all things about me. Come see a man that's touched my life. Because people, you know, they need to be touched with the tangible reality of the personality of the Lord Jesus. And so for me, like, that level of patience that I had to walk through, yeah. you know, then for me and for, for a lot of you and for a lot of our friends, my whole schedule was canceled. Well, I had just gone through a whole year and a half, two years of not being able to work, <laughs> no income, going to radiation treatments, living miraculously. And then all of a sudden, here we are. I had a full schedule. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And then all of a sudden, the border shut. But you know what? Now, patience is tangible for me. I don't have to fast and pray and, God, would you just give me patience? God, would you? No, because it's mine now. So I build on that. You know, it becomes, it becomes your plumb line, you know? The character of Jesus is your plumb line. So anytime there's tragedy, anytime, I mean, anytime really, but just speaking of hard times, that's an opportunity. It's an open door to go up and into the nature of Jesus and encounter him in a way you've never known him. It's a win-win. That's the whole, you know, message of repent. There's a, you know, the kingdom of heaven is a hand. He's saying, change the way you think because there's another realm here. And that becomes a key. You know, we speak of the key of David that opens a door that no man can. What is it? It was intimacy. David had such intimate relationship and friendship with Jesus. He encountered God outside of the law. That's why he could always break the law and not get judged. Every other king that tried to do priestly duties got judged, but David. So anytime the law came in or the world came in and said, you can't do that, he's like, no, okay, I know him. Just watch me. Bring me the ephod. Bring me the showbread. 
He didn't just know about him. He knew him. So, for instance, when he comes back from war to Ziklag, all of the women and children were kidnapped. The entire camp is burnt down. His own friends, his mighty warriors, cried until they could not make a sound. But see, David had already encountered the Lord. So what did he say? Bring me my ephod. <laughs> he knew exactly what to do. Because you, you can't take people where you've never been and you can't introduce a man you don't know. So we have to be a people that go into the presence of God in private before we ever go out to the people in public. But then when you go out, you actually have something to say or not even say anything. Just because you are walking in the spirit, you shift the atmosphere. The minute, the minute you walk in the room, everything begins to change. There's like, there's an anomaly in the matrix. It's like, just because you show up, it's, it's not what you do. It's who you carry. It's not how you sing. It's not how you do anything. It's, it's walking in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus. And it prepares you. So when you show up and there's a situation, well, you've got the fruit of the Spirit. It becomes your plumb line. It becomes the infrastructure of everything that you're walking. I'll share because you set me up. I told the Lord, if I'm not set up, I'm not sharing. <laughs> so I'm not, not at all comparable to cancer at all. But the last three months have been like a living hell for me. Um, because I have the fan goes off right when I'm talking. <laughs> Dead silent. Have not been able to breathe. And um, I don't have COVID. Do not have COVID, guys. Um, and it and it's 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 too long to say. But I I've been to many doctors, and when you have no idea why you can't breathe, it feels like you're breathing through a little um, straw. It's scary. And um, I used to have asthma. I do not have it. Um, Anyway, so it's been three months of trying to figure out what's wrong with me. Um, and they keep putting me on so much medication. We do know that one thing they found out is I have chronic sinusitis. So they've been trying to knock that out for two months. So I'm on three antibiotics a day, steroids, inhalers. Um, and so I feel like I'm getting to the end of it. I'm believing I'm getting to the end of it. But in that, I just want to tell you that the Lord is doing some really beautiful things in me because we all know I've never, like, denied the fact that I like to work for things. Um, and there's something in me that likes to measure up, that likes to have a checklist. It's just, it, it's just, I don't know what to tell you. But I thought that it didn't apply to healing. I thought that whenever I was sick... My little doer self was on Google like nobody's business. You should never go to Google when you have anything wrong with you. I have since learned that after the first month of getting into complete panic attacks because I go, oh, gosh, that's what it is. Um, 
So anyway, so the first month was just like a like really awful panic, 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 because I couldn't breathe all of a sudden. And when you can't, you just, it's just scary. It's the worst way to possibly live is not being able to breathe. Um, anyway, and then, you know, doing all the tests, they put me through every single test possible. And just all they can say is your asthma is, came, is flared up from something you're allergic to, but they can't figure out what I'm allergic to. And I am believing, you can believe with me, it's not my farm animals because they're not going anywhere. <laughs> but anyway, in all of this, it has been a really a fight to um, not try to figure out how to heal, get healed. I, I, I went into, I've got to meet, I've got to meet and I've got to go through inner healing. I, I, there's got to be something that, that has I have not dealt with from my past that that's the reason. I, there's a reason why this is happening, and it has to be because there's something I haven't dealt with, which is great when you're searching. That's a great thing. I did that, checked that off the list, still couldn't breathe. So then I'm like, no, there's got to be something else. There's got to be something else. So in all of this, I'm seeking the Lord. I'm seeking the Lord. But I'm not really seeking the Lord just to experience him. I'm seeking him, begging him to heal me and wondering why, and then listening to a bazillion sermons from everybody about healing, and that can twist your mind because people have some crazy on the internet, YouTube it, <laughs> some, like, I would be, it would be awesome, it would be amazing ministers that we all like, but they all have a little bit of a difference, and then you've got to decide where you stand on it, and so then it just kind of confuses you, and then you don't even know what you believe anymore about healing, and then there, you could just go down a rabbit trail of why am I still struggling? What did I do? What did I do? What's the sin? What's the sin? And I'm like, Lord, what is it? You know, I'm begging him, show me what, where I'm sinning. I'm, I'm willing to lay, lay down everything. And, um, and I've done that. I've, I've been through everything to try to figure it out until I finally figure it out that I can't. And that, it's like he was saying with the fruit of the Spirit, I wasn't walking in the fruit of spirit, basic 101. I should know this. I taught Sunday school forever. I know my fruits. I know the song. I know the song. I have it memorized. Um, but I was striving. I, was, I thought I was fighting, and I thought I, I would tell people, I'm fighting. I'm fighting the good fight of faith. I'm fighting. But my fighting was striving, striving to figure out why or what I needed to do so the Lord would think I was good enough to fix me. Instead of fighting from rest, because to me, rest is passive. Rest in my mind, what the enemy would have me think, that rest would mean that I wasn't trying hard enough or that I wouldn't get healed because my faith wouldn't be big enough or all the things that he I'm analytical you can tell so anyway I was fighting from a place of just feeling like I had to strive and now I've finally gotten to a place where even when I wake up and I can't breathe it's what he's saying it's not cancer I'm not trying to compare that but when you wake up and your chest is heavy yeah And you think you're going to go all day trying to breathe. It's real easy. It would be real easy. And I've had days. I'm not perfect. There's been days where I'm just in a pity party. Like, why? Like, I have so many things to do for you, Lord. 
and why haven't you healed me? So I think what he's wanting us in this whole setup is, it's just that there is no striving in his perfect love. David got rocked a different way. And believe me, I wish I had that one encounter and then I was solved. No, it was like, it's three months and I'm counting three months of torture for me. I'm not saying he's causing the sickness, but man, I'm being like stripped from every single comfort, anything that I used to enjoy that would kind of just comfort me and kind of, not that I was like, you guys, you guys know, anything that was just a comfort. It's now I don't even have a desire. I just seek the Lord. And now I'm learning to just seek him for being with him and not what he can do and just trust that he's going to heal me when he wants to heal me. And that I'm not suffering because I didn't do anything right. Um, and the main thing is just fighting from rest. And that rest is warfare. Rest not lazy, mm -hmm. but rest in the posture of trusting and knowing that he's going to take care of me. I'm not going to die. I'm not going to stop that's breathing. Right. And that was the fear of the first few months. It's like, you might just stop breathing. You know, that's sure. the thought the enemy would want you to have. But I, I refuse. As soon as it comes, I say it out loud. I will not stop breathing. I am going to be healed. Yeah, what I've found is, and this is I learned during the process, and it's a constant process. We're constantly learning. We're constantly going from glory to glory. It's two questions to ask is, okay, what is this? And then the second is, how can I encounter you, Jesus, in a way I've never known you before? And because what the Lord kept saying to me was, be still and know so that place of stillness, that place of rest, and I've heard it said, rest is a weapon, you know? And if we can protect our peace and our rest and really walk in that place, then when you come out of that, you come out, you know, you count from 1 to 10, 11 to 20, 21 to 30, you always start back at 1, but you start out at another level. And sometimes in life, that's what's happening is we're learning these things. And then the next season, you know, you may be at 40, but then you're like, yeah, because I was talking to my new friends earlier and I said, I rung the bell two, two years ago. But what I didn't know is after I rang the bell, that's when all hell broke out. Excuse me. But it got for the next four months, <laughs> it was worse. So I, I rang the bell at the end of my radiation treatments, but then I started back at one again. Does that make sense? So you, you, you always start back at one, and sometimes you're like, didn't we already deal with this? But then you, you know, it's like shadow boxing. I've, I've gotten to train with my, one of my friends that's a fighter. And, you know, it seems like you're just beating the air, but then when you get into the ring, you know the movement. You know the posture. It becomes a part of you. So you, uh, but the two questions that I, I learned is, what is this? Like, okay, what, what okay, get, get, gather yourself and then you're like okay jesus how can i during this pandemic encounter you in a way i've never known you before because then it's a win-win no matter what i'm going through Um, there's an anointing in here for healing. A real presence to 
heal our hearts, heal our minds. You could feel it as she was talking. You could feel it move in. Right? You feel it, your heart jumping, right? It's like what they're saying is making sense for your own heart. That's really the Lord wanting to release healing for us and give you rest. There's a lot of us have been in the boat of terror, you know, and trials, kind of like Jesus being in the boat with Jesus and storms going on, but it seems like Jesus has been asleep. He's resting. He wants you to rest with him. I really think you ought to pray over us for this thing. I really do. And Amber, if you get something, I'd like for you to pray as well with him. If if this really resonates with you, I want you to just stand up, honestly. It resonates. It doesn't matter. Everybody's got different storms, but your storm can be a hurricane. It may not be a hurricane to everybody else, but your storm can be a hurricane. Doesn't have to be cancer. Doesn't have to be what we've been through. But it's personal. It matters to God. I want to pray this scripture over you, if I may. But then as I'm praying over her, I want you to grab it for you. It's for all of us. Because this is, um, when I was going through what I did, this scripture became my, uh, I don't even know. Every fiber of my being, and I just want—I felt to pray it over you, if I, if I may. But let's just lift our hands, and because this morning we went to a really beautiful place in the first service, and you were reading Psalm 91. Um, Heidi, Heidi Baker would call me every week of my radiation treatments, no matter where she was at in the world, and she would read Psalm 91 from the Passion Translation. So this is what I want. This will be our prayer. So let's just lift our hands. But specifically, in Psalm 91, verse 14, this is what the Lord says over you, Amber. For here is what the Lord has spoken to you. Because you have delighted in me as my great lover. I will greatly protect you. I will set you in a high place, safe and secure before my face. I will answer your cry for help, Amber, every time you pray. And you will find and feel my presence. Even in your time of pressure and trouble, I will be your glorious hero and give you a feast. And goes on to say, and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. Hallelujah, Jesus. Father, all of us have different stories and 
different things we're facing. And Lord, right now, I just ask you for a realm of stillness and rest to saturate every person in this room. That they would leave here with the tangible reality of your character and your nature. First John chapter 4, verse 17. For love has been perfect us, perfected amongst us in this, that we have boldness in the day of judgment. Some of you feel like you've been being under judgment, but that word actually means pruning. <laughs> A better translation is pruning. When we go through different things, God is actually, as, as he preached this morning, like forming you and fashioning you in his image because then it goes on to say because as he is so are we in this world it says that fear is torment so right now we just cast we just cast out every spirit of fear in this room that's been bringing torment and literally right now i just feel the lord rewiring some of your brains Come on, just lean into what he's doing. Whatever that looks like for you, it's different for everybody. But God, right now, I thank you that you're perfecting love. You're perfecting love. That we have boldness. That we have boldness in this time. We have boldness like David. Instead of running from God, we run to you. We run to you. We have boldness because you're perfecting love in and through us. Yeah, yeah. Right now, just a tangible rest. <laughs> just a tangible rest, a tangible peace. Father, I thank you that we look to you and we are radiant. Our hearts throb and swell with joy. So for those who have been being tormented, God, we thank you that we behold you as the Prince of Peace and we become peaceful. That we behold you as mercy and we become merciful. That we behold you as patience and we become patient. Father, I thank you that you perfect your heart in and through every one of us right now in Jesus name so if you're not just lift your hands for a few moments and ask him you know what is this what what am I going through and I encourage you be bold and say how can I encounter you in a way I've never known you hallelujah hallelujah Rest, healing, 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 healing right now. Healing, healing. Are you anxious? Well, you have peace. It's a fruit of the Spirit. So anxiety can't live in you because you're peaceful. Mm, purity, 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 purity. Purity. Are you dealing with, with different things and um, whatever you're dealing with? He's pure. Huh? He is purity. We behold him. We behold purity, and we become pure. We behold stillness, and we become still. We behold peace, and we become peaceful. 
Walking in the Spirit. Walking in another realm. Walking in the realm of eternity. Yeah. So for just a few moments, I want to ask you, whatever's happening inside of you, just let it flow out of you right now as a response. Just release your voice. Come on. Come on. Worship is a response. At the point of your response, you're giving him a place. You're giving him permission. Whatever that looks like for you. Come on. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Just begin to release your voice. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We will be still and know. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Healing in the room right now. Healing. Traumas being healed right now. Traumas being healed right now. Some of you have been abused and even beaten and molested. I'm telling you, God is releasing healing for that trauma right now. I have, I have another scripture for you. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Here it is. Speaking of Jesus, Colossians 1, 15, he is the divine portrait, the true likeness of the invisible God and the firstborn heir of all creation. For through the Son, Jesus, everything was created both in heavenly realm and on the earth. All that is seen and all that is unseen. Every seat of power, realm of government, principality, and authority. It was all created through him and for his purpose. He existed before anything was made. And now everything finds completion in him. Here it goes. Grab a hold of this. He is the head of his body, which is the church. And since he is the beginning and the firstborn heir in resurrection, he is the most exalted one holding first place in everything. For God is satisfied to have all his fullness dwelling in Christ. And here it is. And by the blood of his cross, everything, everything in heaven and earth is brought back to himself back to its original intent, restored to innocence again. He's restoring innocence in this room right now. Come on, lift your hands. And, yeah, innocence. Back to your original intent. That's too good to be true. If it wasn't, it wouldn't be Jesus because he makes all things new. 
He makes all things new. He makes all things new. He makes all things new. He makes all things new. He makes all things new. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Innocence. 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 Thank you, Jesus.